Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 63 of the 301 Outlet Podcast. We have three quarters of the squad today. Sanford could not make it. He's taking a little break, a much deserved break. He does a lot for he does a lot for us. We hope he's okay. We hope he gets his mind right. We hope he stays safe to be with us whenever he's able to come back. But it is me, Darian. We got my boy, Mark, and the main man, Evan, who is living in the pit of misery. And let's just get right on into it. Dilly dilly. Let's just get right on into it. Over the last two days, there has been a lot of news breaking in the NFL, including the biggest domino has fallen. Aaron Rodgers has decided to come back to the Green Bay Packers after being linked to the Denver Broncos, the Tennessee Titans, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Indianapolis Colts have all been in the mix of wanting Aaron Rodgers, all four teams that need QBs. We can argue Tennessee, but all four teams that need QBs. And Aaron Aaron was thinking about retirement, taking a, you know, being the third quarterback to retire this this year. However, he has decided to sign a massive, which hasn't been, it's not set in stone that this is the number, but the number that has been put out is four years, $200 million, $153 million guaranteed, which when you do the math, four years, $200 million is $50 million a year which we all know is around where what Pat Mahomes is making, you know, half a, half a billion dollar quarterback. But your reaction to Aaron Rodgers staying with the Green Bay Packers for the next four years, allegedly. I mean, it's not exactly unheard of because, I mean, Green Bay is all the, I mean, Green Bay is kind of all he's known and all that. And I get that's not the end-all be-all here, but now that we're looking back on it, if he was, if if his situation with the Packers was really that bad, don't you think he would have been a lot more shady, like throughout the season, like, like, like with how he talks to people, with what he um, like with how he answers questions, don't you, with the media, don't you think he would have been a little bit more shady? Yeah, but the thing with A-Rod is I feel like some of his shade, like, like A-Rod is probably the pettiest play, pettiest player in the NFL just off the strength of Aaron Rodgers could post a picture of, of Toast and say like there's a corner that plays for him, the Packers that have been getting burnt, Kevin King. And you could say that it's a diss to um, him when really he's just posting, he could say he's just posting breakfast. 
Aaron, like, like Aaron. That would be the type of asshole thing I would do if I was if I was linked in trades. Bro, that's funny. <laughs> but, but that's the exact type of asshole thing I would do, bro. But Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is very cryptic in a sense of like remember his Instagram post that he made a couple weeks back where he was just giving thanks to everybody. Yeah, people thought he was retiring. Yeah, and and you know, people thought he was, you know, it was a goodbye to Green Bay, a goodbye to the to the NFL. Or it could be what he said it was when he went on Pat McAfee's show saying that he was that he just had a moment and he was just giving thanks to the people that stood by him through through these crazy two years, which I mean, it has been it's been a crazy couple of years for all of us, but specifically for him. And he's just been in such a vicious. He's been in such a vicious cycle with with the um, media and I think I said on here that if Aaron Rodgers did was not going to stay with the Green Bay Packers he was going to retire because I truly believe that Aaron loves the Packers organization that he wants to retire a Packer and that he never really wanted to leave I think Aaron dangled wanting wanting to leave and wanting to get out as as leverage to one sign him to a to a better deal and also to get him the help that he needs as well as as what other parts of the team needs for them to go on and make a Super Bowl run which you would have thought that this year they had that but their biggest thing, and they have been talking about it ever since midseason, is that the Packers special teams unit sucks. And it showed in uh, that 49ers game. So we'll see. We'll see. Mark, uh, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, I don't see, like, why he would want to leave Green Bay, honestly, because – even though he had his, like, you know, the issues in Green Bay and, you know, the um, subliminals he threw and, I guess, front office issues, like, that's, like, one of – he's going to have, like, one of his most set rosters that fits for him in Green Bay. So, if he wasn't going to be with the Packers next year, at this point in his career, I don't think he has too much more to prove. It's probably best he would just hang it up or, like, now we see he has, like, a big uh, contract extension, which he rightly deserves because Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest to do it. So, therefore, him resigning – uh, with Green Bay just kind of shows that okay he everything is good now and, and you know things should be better moving forward and he should finally get more help um that he needs you know on like offensively and on special teams and now you know Devontae Adams is going to stay and I kind of like um, got a speculation he was going to say when uh stay when um the Packers put that franchise tag on Devontae Adams so yeah it all just like pans out to what we what I kind of sort of expected it wouldn't make sense for him to leave and all worked out Right. And when you look at it, because they've been saying, you know, like him going to all these AFC teams and you look at it and you go to the AFC, you're going to have to deal with Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin, Justin, Justin Herbert and and Lamar Jackson. And. Well, it wouldn't have happened because. 
he would have probably gone to Denver. But and you got throwing Russell Wilson too. But moving on to the next topic, which is the Seattle Seahawks traded Russell Wilson. I'm about to pull up the trade details now. I should have been had him up. I don't do this hosting thing a lot, so y'all gotta bear with me now. But Seattle traded Russell Wilson, and I'm still trying to find it for. It was no offense. Noah Fawn, other players, two seconds and two and thirds. five picks. Oh yeah, and five picks. Oh yeah, it so, was no. Oh yeah, it was. It was. It was no. It was no offense. Drew Lock, two seconds. You said two first, right? No, nah, I think it was just two seconds. All right, and two set and two second round picks for um, what is it for for Russell Wilson? Now, give me your reaction to that, because that's something that I didn't see coming. Yeah, I don't know. First and foremost, yeah, fuck the gun, man. Uh, you know what doesn't make it even nah, worse out of this? Because it's like, bro, it, it, it's like, oh, bro yeah. allegedly, we offered three first-round picks and were willing to discuss players on top of that, and they said no because they didn't want to keep Russell Wilson in the division. And mind you, we don't even play the Seahawks next year. We would have had zero impact on their season, but they was just like, nah, fuck it. And I'm just like, what what did we ever do to y'all? If it like, like, because last time I checked, we played y'all twice in the playoffs in my lifetime, and y'all motherfuckers won both times. So what have we ever done to y'all? Oh, sorry, it was three times. And again, y'all won all three. What did we do to y'all to make y'all hate us this much, man? It's funny, Philly was in serious talks about Russell Wilson, too, and apparently, I guess, after the Russell Wilson didn't like the Philly deal and the Washington uh, offer, um, he was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, he's going right over to Denver, and shit, Denver, to me, I mean, or the Seahawks, they really got finessed out of that deal, because now, if you look at Denver's squad, oh my goodness, Denver has a squad for Russell Wilson. You have Jerry Judy, you have uh, that good running back field, you have uh, Melvin Gordon, you have Javante Williams, and their defense is like improving in Denver, um, in Denver too. So, I think the Broncos really they're like going to be one of those teams to beat in over in the AFC West, and they're going to be coming like you know the AFC West is now is like one of the best divisions in the NFL. Um, in the NFL, if you think about it, you have Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, Derek Carr, like all and all like in one division, and Russell Wilson all in one division. So, with, so, so. With, so with you saying that, and I'm sorry to cut you off. I want to ask mm-hmm. a question because I was having this conversation with with uh with uh my dad, and also just just to just to um just a correction, the Seahawks did get two first round picks, two second round picks, a fifth round pick, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, a defensive lineman, and uh um Noah Fant. And the Broncos got Russell Wilson and and uh and the uh, fourth round pick. So really, the see it, it looks doom and gloom for on um, the Seahawks right now. And, and they got rid of Bobby Wagner. And yeah, they just released Bob. They just released Bobby Wagner, who I do think either Washington or Dallas needs needs uh to go after him. Um, but. I think the Seahawks, in terms of a rebuild, I think they'll be okay. You know, you they can 
they 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 still have Tyro Lockett and DK Metcalf on you know as their own wideouts. You have Noah Fant, who's not a bad tight end. They still have decent running backs. Um, the defense isn't horrible. It's not good, but it's not horrible. Um, and really, all they need, like they can really go out here and get maybe get Jimmy G or go out here and get one of these rookies that are uh that is that is coming in which really I don't think they should really do or just stick with Drew Locke for next year maybe they'll stink and they'll be in the Bryce Young sweep they'll be in the Bryce Young sweepstakes but after what you just said Mark about how in the AFC West you have Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert and Derek Carr probably the most stacked division when it comes to quarterbacks number one do you think that they're the best division in football and if not who and number two who is the worst quarterback in that division well Derek Carr is the obvious answer to me (laughs) yeah the best they are the best division in football AFC West like no doubt about it they're the only division where you could make the case that all four of their those teams could make the playoffs yep. this coming kind of season. As far as the worst quarterback goes, I agree with Mark. I think it's Derek Carr. Not necessarily because he's bad, because the bar for quarterbacks in the AFC West is ridiculously high. Right, and he's not like a bad but, QB. Uh, but, but it's just he's the least consistent of the four. And that's the only that's the only thing I got as far as why he's the worst. And even then, right. he can still he was, look what he did. Like look, look what the Raiders been through this season. Look what he did. Like look that Raiders roster, and he still made the uh, wild card. That's kind of like you know wild to think about. Like this makes it even more impressive for Derek Carr. But yeah, as far as like you know, as terms as what it's like for a QB, um, Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, and Russell Wilson, they can just do like way more than Derek Carr. Like their skills, you know. And playmaking abilities is like way over the top, you know. It's like, you know, Pro Bowl level compared to Derek Carr. And Derek Carr is just that QB that needs the weapons around him to really, you know, take off and succeed forever. Yeah, if you let my dad tell it, um, my dad thinks that, um, My dad thinks that Russell Wilson is the worst quarterback in the um, AFC West. Mm, he thinks that, like outside out outside of the scrambling, because you know, of course, you got to give that to um, Russell. You got to give that to to um, Russell Wilson. He thinks that Derek Carr can do just about anything that Russell Wilson can do. Um, but I agree with y'all. I got, I got Derek. We're, 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 we're all in agreement here. I, although I think the AFC North will have something to say about the best division in football. Um, but. I just I can't think, trust the Vikings. I think AF, AFC, not NFC. Oh, my bad, my bad. But, um. I think NFC North is probably going to be one of the worst divisions, but um, hell yeah, besides <laughs> the <a> Green Bay. <laughs> but I think 
but yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in the AFC West, and that's really not a knock on him. More so is just he's not – I just don't think he's – I'm not going to say he's not at that level. It's just like what Evan said, the bar is re- set ridiculously high. And shoot, we'll see about that. But moving on, moving on. So let's continue talking about um, these franchise tags and free agency. There was something that I heard yesterday. Um, Of course, you know, yesterday was a franchise tag deadline. And I know the Dallas franchise tag, Dalton Schultz, Green Bay franchise tagged, um, franchise tag Devontae. But there are some notable free agents out there. You have Randy Gregory, JC, JC, JC Jackson, um, Christian McCaffrey's on the trade block. Um, Jordan Love's on the, is on is uh, on the trade block. Um, I don't know why my mind is going blank. I'll pull up some more as we go on. But what? How? How create? Do you think that this is as hype as the NFL free agency is going to go, or do you think that it's just going to get crazier and crazier and crazier? Because again. The Panthers have McCaffrey on the trade block. They said that they're looking for offers. The Giants are fielding offers for for us for a Saquon Barkley. Um, Jimmy G has yet to sign. Some has yet to sign. Um, you still got Jameis Winston. Apparently, Mitch Trubisky's on the move too. Not great year for quarterbacks. You still got Deshaun Watson still floating around there. So just give me y'all takes. What do you, you know, what you see going on? The McCaffrey one is very interesting because I think I know what the Panthers are doing. The Panthers know probably just don't trust McCaffrey, even though it's a sad case because McCaffrey really should be a top three running back in the NFL right now, if not top two. But can he stay, you know, available? Can he stay healthy? And it's kind of sucks for McCaffrey because it's like, wherever he goes, can he stay healthy, you know, for a full season, can he even make it through like, like six games, seven games every season season. So the Carolina one is like really interesting to me, but I know a lot of teams will probably be interested in, um, in getting McCaffrey. I mean, who wouldn't, but you know, like, can he stay healthy? And I think that's what the Panthers are realizing. It's like, damn, man, it's like, we can't really uh think long-term with McCaffrey since he's always getting these like knickknack injuries that's keeping him out for like weeks and weeks. And it just kind of sucks for him because he should be up there with the running back discussions uh, with like Derek, uh, Derek Henry and um, Jonathan Taylor right now. But he's just never available. And when he does, when he does play, look at the numbers he puts up. Mm-hmm. But hey, the McCaffrey one is interesting, though. I know a lot of teams are definitely looking for him. My thing is, there's still a couple quarterbacks that are on the move and still two teams that I count that need a quarterback ironically enough they both just made the playoffs it's the pittsburgh steelers and the tampa bay buccaneers and the steelers have they've basically been as active in the quarterback market as washington was last year in the sense that they made a push for one guy and then 
haven't really done anything notable since then. So I feel like they're like I feel like they're set on drafting a quarterback. Tampa, I don't know what they're doing, but I feel like yeah, Tampa's Jameis going to end up Jameis going to end up on one of them teams. But my th- my thing is for Tampa, I don't know if the they irony, would back in Tampa. I, I feel like Jameis is going to end up in Pittsburgh because I have no because I don't know if the Bucks would be willing to swallow their pride and have a reunion with Jameis after going to the playoffs two years with Tom Brady, the two years after they let him go. So, like, there's that. Yeah, and um, I agree with that Jameis take. Um, But I think, like, what Pittsburgh should do, same thing with what I think Washington should should do is since Washington already got their QB – Draft a QB this, this this year and just let him hold the clipboard. Let him watch and learn. And then when Washington's ready to move on from, from, from Wentz and when Pittsburgh's ready to move on from Jameis. Oh, yeah, by the way, this, this is a contract year for Heineken, so that'll make it easier. Yeah, but we are – I think Heineke could go to Cleveland and start, but exactly. But some other free agents that, um, because I'm, I looked it up. Chandler Jones and uh from uh, Arizona, Von Von Miller, J.C. Jackson, Allen Robinson, Marcus Williams, Randy Gregory, Jadavion Clowney. Carlton Davis, Odell Beckham Jr., Stephon Gilmore, Brandon Sheriff, Tyron Matthew, Bobby Wagner, Melvin Melvin Ingram, Casey Hayward, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Calais Campbell. There's so many. Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. Like it's a Eugene, lot. Christian Kirk, Christian Kyle Kirk, Fuller, Marcus Shit. May, Kyle Fuller, Trent Brown. James, James, Smith. James, James Connor, John, John New Smith, Michael Gallup, Leonard for Leonard Fournette, Cordero Patterson. Look, man, it's a, it's a lot of moves that could be made. Honestly, a lot of teams need a lot and really receivers, especially honestly, if you have Alan Robinson, Juju Smith. Those would be two good pickups. And I think Philly, I think we need to go after a receiver in this free agency and get rid of Rager, Jalen Rager, bro. Because I was just like a fuck up, you know, from Howie's point. But yeah, I think the Eagles definitely need to go out to one of these free agents for sure. What I will say though is I feel like the Juju Smith, I feel like whoever signs Juju Smith Schuster is gonna be a bigger signing than people think he is. Yep. Because uh-huh. the, the, la- the last couple years, the last couple years have only proven that Juju can't be your number one receiver. But what if you don't need him to be your number one though? Exactly. Why? Because, really, because makes sense. in his first year, in his first, I believe it was his one, like his first, his rookie year, when he was opposite Antonio Brown, he proved he could be a pretty damn good second option. He could be a good second option, maybe even a slot guy, but he, he works best as a second option. And I right. feel like that's what uh, his next team would ask him, or at least that's what they should ask him. Because if you, I mean, because if you need Juju as your first option, you ain't gonna win too many games. But 
him as a second option could work. Yeah, and take like the load off him, like the workload off him. And but he can still ball out, make like those big plays, like when you need them, need uh, need him to too. Like it shows his, he has good playmaking ability of uh, don't going down the field. Yeah, and uh, I heard some about him. Because, see, whenever there's a star that's a free agent, it's always come to Dallas. At least for me, it's always come to Dallas. But but, I, but I, I, I'm thinking, like, if we get rid of Amari Cooper, which I think we should trade him. I wouldn't be smart. I want to be smart. To I think that. we should trade him. It makes sense in the terms of like cap because the Cowboys have so many bad contracts. Zeke's contract, um, Tyron Smith, um, Amari Cooper. We have so many bad contracts and we're in salary cap hell. So we have guys that we would like to sign back like Randy Gregory and J um J Ron Curse and Mike and um, Michael Gallup like like I heard like our punter Brian Brian Anger he had such a good year and the punter market like the prices for like the asking prices for punters has really gone up over the last couple of years like we're not going to be able to sign him back and um And 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 so, what am I saying? What, what am I saying? Like, we need to at least find, like, at least trade Amari Cooper. And if we don't get a receiver in the draft, we can pick up somebody. Like, at least try and get somebody like Ty or or Christian Kirk or or AJ Green or one of the, or one of those guys. You he don't have to be a you don't have to be a big name receiver because we can't afford Juju. That's just point plain and simple. But yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on from that, from the franchise tag to probably if if the Aaron Rodgers thing didn't happen, this probably would have been the biggest story that we would still be talking about, although it's two, three days later. Calvin Ridley and the betting stuff. For those who don't know, Calvin Ridley, and I think it was around week four, week five, he decided that he was going to step away from the Falcons for mental health reasons. Well, during the time that he was away, he got caught gambling on, I think it was the Hard Rock app, um, gambling, betting on NFL games on Falcons games, not against the Falcons, but for the Falcons to win, setting multiple leg par par parlays on multiple occasions, the money that he spent on those parlays adds up to $1,500, $1,500. If you do the math, three parlays, $1,500, $500 per parlay. Um, and he got caught through one of the NFL's investigations, th things that they, they look, they look on these, these, uh, betting apps to make sure that players aren't using them and this, that, and the fourth, he got caught 
and he got suspended for a year. Now, before I ask y'all if y'all think it's fair or not, the rule is like, I think players can gamble money, but no more than $250. It can't be over that. If it's over $250, then there's then there's a problem. But in sports, in all sports leagues, not just the NFL, gambling is a huge no-no. But Calvin really got, got suspended for the rest of the year. And let's see if, since he's the first offender, if he's going to get the harshest treatment like usual first offenders get. But do y'all think that this is a fair punishment by the, by, uh, the NFL? Look, man, I think Calvin really, he just, you know, wasn't being smart with it. Because you said the limit is only $250. And if you go over that, they clearly already expect something. Now, he, bet 50, he said $1,500 in total. Now, you're going, that's way over the limit. So, therefore, he should have known that maybe some kind of audit was going to be ran or be like, okay, hold up, what's going on with these parlays? Like, clearly the NFL monitors everything these players do, especially, like, you know, star players, because the NFL is quick to find, find players, as you've seen in history. But also, but like, the also, NFL will go back. Huh? I was going to say, also, just to um, interject, and I was going, then I was going to let you continue. Him getting suspended for this year, he's losing out on $11 million. Just want to put that out there. I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, he just – it's a lesson that needs to be learned. And if he took – like you said, he took off for, like, mental health reasons, supposedly. But at the same time, he was also gambling. It's like, dang, bro. It's like, were you really available that year? I mean, I don't know. It just seems like it's just a – you know, he was just, like, I guess just took time off of, like, the profession. Like, you wanted to do him and – got caught up and it just caught up to him. So this is a lesson that needs to be learned, honestly. Like, if you know 250 is the limit, you're going over 1,500, bro. You're kind of sort of like being hot. So he just got caught. And that's how I look at it. I mean, it's not much really to say. I mean, gambling, you're already taking a risk doing it. I mean, so you just got to be smart with it, honestly. And it's something that's very trendy. And then he was betting on the Falcons on top of that. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you're – taking a big risk by betting on your own team on top of that. So, yeah, buddy, got to move smarter than that. <laughs> I mean, my thing is it makes sense why the rule is what it is because if it were to come out that there were players, there were coaches, and there were officials betting on – like betting on games in their sport, in their league, then it it would make the games come across as kind of – a tainted product and how like if a player doesn't make a play it's because he bet against it's because he quote bet against the team if the coach calls a questionable play it's because he quote bet against the team if the official makes a and if the ref makes a call one way or another it's because he quote bet on that team like it it would look like a tainted product so i understand the rule and at the same time and it's like like for him to call out for mental health and then start gambling, that means he must, look, he must he must have been going through something serious. He must have been going through something serious. Right, but, right. it's but just a bad the, look. But at the, end the, day, the, at the end of the day, though, rules are still rules. Like I usually don't make that argument, but rules are still rules, and he broke the rules. So 
It really like, bro, like he got way over really the limit. Too much more to say. Yeah, I, yeah, it really I, isn't. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's plain and simple. I agree, but this also shows that the NFL only cares about the bottom dollar because you cracked down hard on Calvin Ridley for this, and I and I think it's fair. I think this is fair. Seeing how the NHL suspended Evander Kane for just a few months and he's back playing hockey again. Um, and uh, and that to me was too lax. My team is really about to play against this man on national television, by the way. Right. Caps always on TNT, guys. Check in. Um, and then Pete Rose, how the MLB handled handled him, and he's still not in the in the um, Hall of Fame. He's just, he he's nope. not even allowed in ballparks. So the Pete Rose thing was crazy, though. It's like that's kind of understandable because Pete Rose, <laughs> that yeah, story but, is crazy, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's kind of like okay, MLB, get over it. But <laughs> but this but I need a jersey goes, though. <laughs> but this goes to show how how again. The NFL only cares about the bottom dollar. They only crack down when their money is getting when 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 their money is getting compromised. It's, it's like an imaging thing for Calvin Ridley. That's really what it look is. At, you know? Look, look, look at the look at the commanders. If 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 money was not if, if there wasn't money to be lost with keeping the Redskins, we would still be saying Washington Redskins. Boom. And so it's the same thing here with, with the betting for how Calvin really gets one year for gambling $1,500. And, it, and, and it's not like he bet for his team to lose. Yeah, he, that was against he it. He bet yeah. on his team to win, and I have another take about that that I'll go into after I after I make after I make this point. There are dudes who have done so much worse outside of Henry Ruggs and what he did with the DUI. You know, and him getting basically kicked off the team. There have been dudes who have literally assaulted women and have only missed a handful of games. There have been dudes who have literally taken drugs, not weed, but actual drugs, and only miss a handful of games on a first offense. You you know? So it comes to show, like, what do y'all really care about? And then I heard this point earlier. You're going to crack down on Calvin Ridley this hard for gambling. Calvin Ridley is a player. But when Brian Flores said that Dolphins owner Jim Ross was offering him $100,000 to lose games on purpose, the NFL took looked at that lawsuit and basically basically threw it away and said it holds no merit are you sure about that because like y'all said 
you don't want there to be now people already feel like the league is rigged the games are rigged people already feel that way you don't want there to be some bit of truth in that that oh the owners are actually rigging these games the league is actually rigging these 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 games so let's They're also having like payouts and shit yeah <laughs> and let's also not act like there aren't other players placing bets on NFL games. They're just not doing it directly like how Calvin really did it. Just more discretion, most likely, you know. <laughs> and also, he bet on three, he bet on he bet on three games. The three games that he bet on was the first Falcon Saints game in which the Falcons won. Okay. The next two games that he bet on was the Falcons game in Dallas, where Dallas was coming off that beatdown that Denver gave that Denver gave him. Dallas beat the Falcons 43 to 3. And then the next week, he bet on the Falcons again when they played the Patriots, where the Falcons lost. 25 to nothing on Thursday night football. So, so you, you, $1,500 cost you 11 mil. That's how, that's how I see it. But now just humor me here. If you a coach, if you a teammate and you have a player that, that got caught betting on NFL games, wouldn't you want like 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 your player is basically betting on himself literally, which would give him more of an incentive to play better. As a coach. Don't you kind of sit there and say, I like that. You kind of, you kind of, you kind of mumble it and you say, I like the way you think. It's wrong, but I can't get mad at you for it. Like, I understand what you're trying to do. But like with me, like I agree with you, but I probably in that situation say, hey, look, I like it, but you should probably go about it a different way. Like bet on yourself in the sense that if you make X amount of catches, you treat yourself to say like Wendy's or Chick-fil-A or something like that. And, and if you don't, then you just go home and eat leftovers, like stuff, stu stuff like that, you know? Yeah. The more moral aspect, a better moral aspect. Yeah. Of like better, you know what I'm saying? Like better moral awards, I would say. Yeah, besides just gambling on it, you know. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but and but at the end of the day, you know, NFL they can be kind of like hypocrites because you know when it comes to gambling, NFL is just like profiting off of gambling in general. Look at like look at all the sponsors they have, like draft oh, but here's coming the thing up about that. and everything. NFL man, like, like the say anything that affects their pockets. Yup. <laughs> here's the thing, oh, man. It's funny. Want, that's because they want you to gamble. They're right, basically they right. Here's the gamble. They're saying they want you to gamble. Yeah, they want fans. you to spend your money. But the players can't do it, though. <laughs> That's crazy, though. The players can't better it's, themselves, though. It's, scandal it's funny, scandalous man. because, bro, the, 
Like, if it's you, a fan gambling, the sport, like, the games don't look rigged. Everything looks perfectly fine. But all it takes is one player, all it takes is one player, one coach, or one ref to gamble, like, to get caught gambling. Now, suddenly, the whole league looking funny in the light. And best believe, bro, you know it's high rollers, like, that talks about, like, these coaches and these owners, like, the defense, like, it's rich people, powerful people in the world. You know, best believe, like, they have, you know, connect with some of these coaches and stuff that we, that definitely goes unheard of. It's like, that's the reality of it. And like you said, we got the high roller gamblers that definitely do place big bets on these games as fans. And best believe these owners, they probably talk to the owners themselves, you know, they probably just sit down, you know, smoke their cigar, like, sip their, like, yak or whatever, looking at these games in the VIP, you know, sweet, be like, hmm, let's see how my parlay is going to be. You know, it just goes unheard of. So, like I said, the NFL... Anything that's like you know affecting the commissions, the government's pockets, aside of it, yeah, they're going to be mad when they can't. You know, it's not benefiting them. It's all about the money at the end of the day, man. But Calvin Ridley, if he knows the rules and he's going to go that over it, like not be discreet with it, yeah, man, it just sucks that he just had to be caught in that situation. But at the end of the day, you know, the NFL, they, it's kind of like a hip, hip, hip hypocrisy situation, you know. <laughs> yeah, like. Uh... You know, and let's not also forget that back in the day, some of these NFL franchises were bought off of gambling money. However, um, as a like, it's like just on a serious tip, as a player or just anyone in the league, it's just a big no no. That's like the biggest no no of all. Well, but but what I will say is this. Like, I'm not mad at the NFL for partnering with these gambling, these sports books, because gambling today is almost seen as another source of, of, of income, especially in this tight economy. You know, people are like, well, let's try and get as much money as we can, however we can get it. And these NFL teams, not just NFL teams, NFL, NBA, NHL, they're all getting into this. And so what they're saying is there's a lot of money in this. Like, let's, you know, let's invest into this because it gives us more revenue. So in terms of that, like, I don't, I wouldn't call that hypocritical there, but it's just as a player, that's just like, you can, you can bet like, 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 like an NBA player can gamble on NFL games and NFL player can gamble on NBA games and major that makes more sense. Can gamble yeah. on um, hockey games. Just don't bet on your own sport. That's only like, like Calvin, like Calvin really could have bet on, on an MMA fight. Instead of that would have made betting on the Atlanta Fal- the Atlanta Falcons of all of all of all teams, but it's again it's a big no no. There's really not much more we can say about it, especially you know he went on Twitter and said that he knew he was he was wrong. He got the year he got the year suspension. Do the crime. At least he's taking accountability, you know. Yeah, do the crime, do do the crime, do the you know, do the time. 
Hopefully someone lets him play again, you know, when he comes back because he he was actually after next year, he was he was going he was supposed to be a free agent in 23. But since he's suspended for the uh, for the uh, next season, then he's going to have to wait another year to enter free agency. But that is what it is. Um, Moving on from the NFL. Um, these next two topics are gonna get a little serious. You sure we done with the NFL? Are we? Sure? we oh, oh yes. Uh, yeah, cause 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 someone someone's in the second place. I don't know about Schumark, but you know I heard the news today and I was ecstatic because it just means that the team in Washington is just in, is just gonna be more of a laughing stock this. This this year. <laughs> but that's just me. Some ties, I see. You know, yeah, somebody returning yeah. back to the NFC East. Yeah, you know, so, old friend by the NFC East. Hey man, it was like we're all coming together again. I know <laughs> how you feeling, I know, man? <laughs> I know right? J- Jalen, Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, and Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott all together. Just best of buddies. You know, Wentz, you know, I'll put it like this, Wentz, you know, once you're in the NFC East, you're always going to be a part of the NFC East, bro. <laughs> Just like, back Orlando to the dark State. side. <laughs> like, shit, bro, hey. He plays for all of our teams. That's the funny part. That man <laughs> plays for every single one of our teams. <laughs> That's wild to think about, bro. No, nah, but how you feeling, though, Evan, about Yeah, bro, Wentz, go, uh, on his, go on and sound <laughs> I feel like this says two things loud and clear. First and foremost, that Derek Carr wants to stay in Vegas. Because if Derek Carr wanted to leave Vegas, you you think there would have been more rumors, there would have been more leaked offers, and the Raiders would have been at some point in the last month vocal about, oh, we want Derek Carr to stay in Vegas, or you would or you think Derek Carr would have been up front and asking for a trade. So that's that's number one. Number two, this just speaks volumes about how bad the Deshaun Watson situation is. Like, in that he asked for a trade way back in Jan, like way back in January, and then his accusers started coming out. So then he didn't get traded all of 2021. Then we get to the offseason. There's a lot of talk around Deshaun Watson like which team he's getting traded to like weeks go by nothing and then Aaron Rodgers goes off the board he goes back to Green Bay Russell Wilson goes off the board and he goes to Denver and now Carson Wentz is off the board and he's going to Washington like that alone should have like that alone should have set off sirens that Carson Wentz ended up getting traded before Deshaun Watson. And it's because, and I've been saying this for like a year, but nobody wants to listen. Deshaun Watson and his court cases and his abuse allegations are making him borderline untouchable at the moment. Like they're making him untouchable. Nobody wants to trade. I mean, the PR hit is negotiable. The PR hit is negotiable because Deshaun Watson jerseys are going to sell like hotcakes, regardless of, which team he gets traded to. Oh, yeah, but people want Deshaun Watson, like, but, 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 but there's two big things. Number one, number one, 
with these court cases and with the inevitable suspension from the NFL on top of said court cases, we might be looking at another full year without Deshaun Watson. And every team in the league is aware of that, is aware of that possibility. And the second thing we gotta we gotta be aware of is is that wait, hold up. What was I about to say? All right, so that might have lost my train of thought. No, hey, 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 bro, it's happened to me at least five yeah. times this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, are yeah. fine. So there's that. And and it's just with that teams are realizing that they might they might be giving up all these first round picks and these young players who may still have a future with their respective teams for a guy that might not even be here for like another year and a half if he don't end up in jail so like there was that and and it's like there's teams that need a quarterback there were teams that need a quarterback like the broncos like the commanders I don't even think the Eagles have been – I don't even think the Eagles have been too vocal about Deshaun Watson, or at least not – No, we vocal, haven't. Not, not, not more vocal about – Not mainstream other about team, it. Or at least not more vocal than any other team. And that – and that's why. Like, a lot of – like, I'd say about 60% of it is the PR – actually, no, 40% of it is the PR hit that would come. The other 60% is – is the legal stuff. So the other 60% is the question, when can he touch the field again? That's the part that, that fans across the NFL have just conveniently thrown out this season like it doesn't matter. Like, when is Deshaun Watson going to be able to play football again? Because it ain't going to be week one. It ain't going to be week one. It might not be before October. It might not even be before December. That's, that's too big of an unknown. So, yeah, there's that. As far as Carson Wentz goes, as far as Carson Wentz goes and his fit with the commanders, now, we've had worse quarterbacks. I'll, st- I'll, I'll come forward and say that. We have had worse quarterbacks. At, it, at his best, Carson Wentz is decent. At his best, Carson Wentz is decent. The problems, though, are he's inconsistent and he's yep. injury-prone. Like I was saying, but here's the thing. But here's the thing, though. We have a safety net, and his name is Taylor Heineke. Respectively, a good backup QB, honestly. Taylor Heineke Heineke is a solid backup quarterback, and the best part for him now is that this year we're asking him to be a backup quarterback, just like he was in the playoff game against Tampa, just like he was in the season opener against the Chargers. Now we're asking asking it of him again to just be a backup quarterback. And if nothing else, worst comes to worst, we could just get Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, whichever one the Seahawks do not take at nine. And like Darian said, have him hold the clipboard for a year. So, yeah, this wasn't the best case scenario for the commanders. This like with this quarterback, like with this quarterback carousel. It was far from the worst, though. Yeah, it wasn't the worst. And honestly, like I was saying earlier, it's not like Carson Wentz is even that bad. He's just, like you said, inconsistent as hell at, like, the worst times. But 
we've seen stretches where Carson Wentz, like we've seen, um, you know, times we can just go off and just, you know, make plays like these astonishing plays, you know, make Wentz magic. Like he, like he's made in Philly. And we've seen some of that even in uh, Indianapolis. And I was worse. I kind of shocked the Colts got rid of him because I thought the Colts are actually trying to, you know, build something with Wentz with those uh, weapons they have over in uh, Indianapolis. Cause the Colts actually have a squad over there, but, Hey, I guess you know they have um you know looking to rebuild around their uh, QB really, and I guess they realize Wentz really isn't that you know their long term QB. But for as far as the Commanders go, this is an upgrade from Taylor Heineke, and they're probably going to it's probably like the best uh, QB situation Washington had in a while. So, I mean, the competition is thick um in the NFC East. So, hey, hey it really is y'all improved honestly. I don't see how it's really and honestly, too much and really, it's just like funny because like it's Carson Wentz and. It's just, you know, it's just the irony he has to play in Philly twice a year now, bro. And that's the funny and part really, about it's, it. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a breath of fresh relief, a breath of relief for me because, bro, I had to deal with Commanders fans talking themselves into Mitch Trubisky. That would be funny That's shit, how bad these dudes was down. That would be and funny now that's, and now And now not only is that going not going to be a thing, I'm hearing rumors that the Giants might bring him in to compete with Daniel Jones. Y'all. Please do. That would be, that would be Please the do. The Daniel Jones be, disrespect is crazy. <laughs> that would be the absolute worst quarterback competition in NFL history. Hey, which is why I wanted to have Daniel Jones. He don't deserve slander. Hey, just throw in Nathan Cedarman and make it real spicy. Let's go. Let's I'm go. Dead. Let's go. Daniel, Daniel Jones versus Mr. Bisky, the hard hat holidays. Respect. What's going on which, in New York, man? Which hat is the hardest? But <laughs> like shit. But before, but before now, we if, move if, on. My last thing I'm saying say about that, bro. If I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm sending out one tweet right now. It's four words. Is Trey Young valid? No. Lord, <laughs> I'm, that I'm cutting my phone off. But but before. But before we move on, I got to say this about Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is your typical fuck it quarterback. He tries to do too much. And it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. It's a good thing because we've seen him be able to improvise and make, you know, and make plays like he did against Washington a couple, you know, you know, a couple years ago. But as we've seen numerous times this year in Indianapolis, like the game where he threw two picks in 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 um in um the in uh, the end zone in his own end zone against Tennessee, which ultimately lost him the game, and then. There was the Jacksonville game, that last one, which ultimately made people say, to hell with Carson Wentz. Because if they had just won that game, they would have made the playoffs. But Mm -hmm. like I said, inconsistent as hell at the worst times. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I just laugh at the fact that, that the commanders got him. But I also like, uh, but but also to Evan's point, with A Rod and Russell, you know, you know, going to where they went, 
is there really anything that anything else that they could have done because you look at this draft class and there are no quarterbacks that you can just that you can just draft and expect them to be playing in week one and think that you're actually going to really be successful with with them so I think Washington just made the best out of like they, they, they just made the best out of out of um what they had. You really can't get mad at them for it. I, I Carson's still solid. So let's just let's just hope let's just hope he stays he uh stays healthy. But moving on to more is Trey Young valid? No. <laughs> also 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 that was a beautiful save okay but um but also who the fuck is tingus pingus who the fuck I is latavia? latavia you stupid motherfuckers you but Moving on now to more serious matters. About to get serious for for a little while. Brittany Griner. If you have not heard, Phoenix Mercury Center, Star Center, one of the best players in the WNBA, Brittany Griner, who plays basketball in the WNBA offseason in Russia. Where she can, where she can make more money, and that's just, just saying. Just, no, 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 we're not gonna get when we're not going there yet. Just to set the to the stage for where we're going soon because this is ridiculous. She was in Russia prior to this whole Russia Ukraine madness that's going on right now. So she was already in Russia. She was starting to head back when she got detained by Russian TSA because she had a vape pen with weed oil in it. So basically she had herself a little weed pen. She got caught with it. Russia, Russia, Russia don't play that shit. And she's been in a Russian jail for the past three weeks. And we have just found out about this literally uh i want to say about a few days ago yeah a few days ago yeah came out late in the media we uh we um just found found out about it um lord knows why um who who knows what's going on but uh let me get how y'all feel about this Ooh, uh, it's a very unsettling situation. Um, honestly, she was over there uh, prior to like the attacks, um, you know, with Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, she was over there playing basketball, doing what she loves, because, as you said, uh, Russia, they pay more. Um, she's making more revenue um, over in Russia and right now. So she's just trying to, you know, play the game she loves. And at the same time, like to keep, you know, food on the table. And so she's playing across seas. And we've seen uh, even NBA players do it themselves. But unfortunately, she's just over, she was over there, her and other NBA players, at like a really bad time with like, and they were over there as like the um, um, talks with Ukraine and Russia, like the war over there was heating up. And they're trying to get out of there as quickly as possible. 
but as they're getting like pat down and she had took had the risk of having that bait pen on her they caught um they caught her with it and it's just really unfortunate but she was already taking a risk by like like trying to smuggle that um anywhere it's not just russia but like like you just can't smuggle that like anywhere you know every country takes that seriously and but you know her being a u.s citizen you knew they was gonna like pat her down the most and her being like a, a prominent like figure like u.s citizen like they're definitely gonna pat her down the most and it's unfortunate that she um she got caught with that and now she could be facing up to 10 years and uh, i don't know how really the legal side of it how she's going to get out of this how, how i see it i feel as though it's going to come down to some kind of negotiations between like the u.s government yeah it's going to go that deep between the u.s government and the russian government what to do some kind of like you know trade-off where it's like okay say the united states has some kind of may say like high figure russian um somebody from russia that's you know got caught over in the U.S. and we're holding them. I feel as though in order to, like, for Grana to get released, maybe we're going to start negotiations as, like, releasing a Russian, like, some kind of Russian prisoner we may be holding. And, but Grana, she's in some deep shit right now. And when it comes to that smuggling shit, like, especially when it comes to drugs, no country plays around when it comes to that, especially those foreign countries. And and you usually do, like, years and years. And unfortunately, she got caught with hashish oil, something that really even shouldn't be, like, you know, like, it's not like shouldn't be like deemed for, but it's just like damn, man. And she was probably just had it for like medical, you know, purposes because she probably needed it. But because like you know, WNB players like they travel a lot. You know, she probably has a rough schedule, and you know, it just sucks that she got caught with it in the um, TSA airport and rushed out of all places. Yeah, it, it's very unsettling. I don't see how she's going to get out of this. It, it's really, I really hope the best for her. And I really hope this isn't really like the end for her career and it ends like this off like getting caught with like a fucking pen or just like some like hashish oil in it, honestly. But it's just sad, man. And the WNBA, they need to like really like maybe look into like maybe, you know, try to like find ways, you know, just to, I don't know, up the revenue, like just pay women and more sports so they don't have to just always travel like overseas just to get like, you know, just to keep the, the funds up and everything. You know, it's sad because, like, WNBA players, they have a lot of talent. They deserve, like, much more, especially Brittany Griner, as good as she is. And it's just, uh, the fortune is, uh, is, like, unfortunate. The situation is unfortunate, though. And I really hope the best, like, for her and hope she gets out of this shit because she shouldn't be, like, hold, I'm doing, doing it for 10 years for something like that, honestly. And especially if it was just, like, a little thing like a pen. Like, I hope she gets out of that shit. But, you know, the Russian government, <laughs> they like to make examples out of people. They do. They really fucking do. It just sucks, man. All right, what I'm going to say, this is not the end of Brittany Griner's career. Like, if Brittany Griner, if they wanted to get Brittany Griner up on the WNBA, they would have already done it by now. They probably would have done it after the bubble and all the stuff that went down with her there. What I'm more concerned about is her life because they said she got detained in Russia. I have no idea where in Russia she got detained. Because it because Russia is a big ass country, it could be anywhere. I think it was Moscow. I want to say it was Moscow. All right, so Moscow. So if nothing else, like uh, if nothing else, Moscow might actually be safest if like because they want to protect Putin and all that. But that still doesn't change the fact that Moscow is even Moscow is dangerous. So I'm and she's still a prisoner, too. So the Lord knows how to treat them. Yeah, and, and on top of that, she's a prisoner. I'm praying for her. I'm praying for her, her safety and her family who's stressed out about her. 
And the fact that she that all this happened because she was trying to get out of Russia because she was playing basketball there, that just goes to show to show y'all how how much um, how big the plight is with WNBA players and how they don't make enough money from just the WNBA to sustain themselves and that they have to have more jobs on top of that. Like they have to play basketball in the off season on top of that. So yeah, kind of, kind of hope that gets better. And honestly, I'm optimistic in that regard because the WNBA is gaining traction as a league is getting more and more popular. So, Hey, with more popularity, maybe there's more money. So hopefully there will come a day when WNBA players don't have to do this anymore. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can prevent I'm, I'm stuff in, like this from happening. I'm in, I'm in agreement. But this all, I, I want to take this back to when we was talking about Shikari and how everyone was up in arms saying, oh, the weed should be legalized and da 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 And I think it was me and Evan we tried to stress that this isn't an American rule. This is an international rule. Right. Because you, be, because you have to understand, like, her just having the, the weed oil, like the weed vape pen or whatever it is, she's facing up to 10 years in prison in, in, um, in, in, in uh, Russia. If you go to somewhere like, if you go to Dubai or you go to Bali, you go to any of these other countries, Japan, Philippines, you could get life in prison, the death penalty, maybe. Like, it's that harsh just for some weed, where over here, we kind of see it as, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, yeah, now culture's we, different. Well, you know, we're well, well, in America. Well, now, Us in Canada, we like we pretty much the only two countries that don't think weed is that big of a deal. Yes, yeah, yeah <laughs> we're, we're like, like one of the, we're like one of the few countries that actually like don't really care when it comes to well, we're, well, now we're starting to get there, but but we're like one of the few that don't really care. But again, this goes back to the question of why is she even there? Um, she is one of the bigger stars in the WNBA. I just had her salary pulled up. Let me go back. She's she's making an annual average salary of two hundred twenty one thousand five hundred and fifteen dollars a year. No, yeah, a year in the uh, W in in the WNBA, where in the span of three years she'll be making like over $600,000, but in Russia, she's making over, over a mil. So that, so that's why you have women like, like John Quill Jones was, was, uh, Justin was just in, in, um, in um, Russia, all the, all the, all the WNBA players that was in Russia left Russia. Like when, uh, America placed a travel ban to to um, Russia. They all they they all had um came back, and it's also not uncommon for WNBA players to go play in Russia, um, or just play overseas in general. 
Diana Taurasi did it. Ken, you know, Candace, Candace Parker did it. Um, like I said, Jaquel Jones, Ali, you know, Ali Quigley, Courtney Vandersloot, just just to name a few, are players that that were there. Um, and it remind and, re, and remember when uh, the UCLA men's basketball team, the players got caught, you know, stealing, you know, stealing some some clothes over on a trip in, in um in, um China, China. Yep. and they were getting detained and and China was was um leveraging like they were going to spend like a certain amount of years in, in in prison and then Donald Trump had had to uh, had to uh, step in to to uh to uh to uh, get to uh, get them out. And I think Putin's kind of doing the same thing here, especially, but I think it's even like more serious now because of all the sanctions that that the United States and the rest of the world has placed on Russia. And I yep. think mm-hmm. Putin can, can use, oh, we have one of, you know, we have one of your more famous people in, in um, your country, one of, you know, you know, and you know, something she was targeted. You know, an athlete. Or I don't think she was targeted. I don't think she was targeted. Yeah, so, yeah, some people were saying that. I don't think so either. I think she just simply got caught. But, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah, she, she, yeah, she. This is before the seven even went down. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's she simply just got caught, and that's and that is what it is. It's very unfortunate, but um, but I think maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I think I think she will find a way home. I think she will get home safe. I just don't know when. I don't know how. Especially, you know, like Biden and Putin aren't the aren't the best of friends. So we'll so we'll see how that goes. So we wish Brittany Griner the best. We hope that she's safe and we hope that she gets home safely. Prayers to her, her family, and to her, and to her loved ones. So moving on from Brittany Griner, we got another serious topic in Russell Westbrook. Now we said we weren't going to talk about the Lakers. But this is something where with Laker fans and yeah, Laker fans and just fans in general. Russell Westbrook has not had the best not even the best. He's had a horrible year for the Los Angeles Lakers. Not even going to sugarcoat it. It has been bad. This we're not here to talk about that but with him being who he is and playing the way that he's playing and of course the criticism comes with it his wife went on instagram i want to say two three days ago and said that they have been receiving death threats to her to russ to other members of their family, including their children. 
because angry Laker fans are fed up and they've decided that they're going to take it this far. But it always goes this far with Russell Westbrook. Now, remember a couple years ago after game five of the 2020 finals, when Danny Green missed that, missed that wide open shot to, 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 uh, to, uh, win, to uh, win the game, he said that him and his wife was, was receiving death threats from angry Laker fans. So I swear those are Brown fans, bro. I swear I think those are Brown fans. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't even I think, think it's those, just Lakers man. fans. I don't even think, don't it's, think it's just, just Lakers fans, fans, bro. I'm because bro, sexuals, like doing it. I, I don't even think, I think it's it just is. Lakers fans. I don't think it's just Brown fans. Because if Ben Simmons were to come come out and tell us that he got death threats in Philly, I would not be surprised. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, pre- yeah, I'm exactly, pretty, bro. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he did. But the 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 thing is, the thing is this. And I feel like the game, the legalizing of sports betting has a lot to do with this. Niggas sick. They losing them but, money. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> but but at the same time, like like. You're not this team is not paying you. Okay, yes, you may have put money into Russell Westbrook doing this, that, and the fourth, but hey. And whose fault is that? Yeah, it, that, it, <laughs> it, it really it, you shouldn't have put money on them. But you are not getting paid by this organization. You are not an NBA player. At the end of the day, the Lakers will play today. They're playing the Houston Rockets. The Lakers can lose, and I can say, yep, this team just stinks. And you know what? Tomorrow, I will be at work, working my, working my two jobs as if nothing ever happened. Life goes on. It's just a game. We are all watching it for entertainment. I like, like, heckling comes with the territory. Russell Westbrook and Nina Westbrook is mad because they're getting called Westbrook. Now Nina and 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 her family and Russ's family they don't deserve that. But Russell Westbrook does deserve the Westbrook comments. He does deserve to be heckled. He does deserve to be booed, but he does not to de- deserve to be getting death threats. Yeah, the Westbrook shit, that's like unseriousness, but like, like death bro, threats. I, I'm new to that. I feel like, like the Westbrook, we all laugh at the Westbrook shit, but I didn't know Lakers fans was taking it as far as making death threats to him. But as you mentioned, the Danny Green situation, I remember when he had that bad play. I remember, I'm, it doesn't really surprise me because this isn't the first time we heard about like you know supposed Lakers people, fans doing this shit. But, it's crazy though. But people, I, I feel like it comes from a place of entitlement. Like fans believe, yes. like you said earlier, that betting money on a team to win or betting money on a player means they're the boss of that player. Putting putting a player on a fantasy team means they they the damn GM 
and paying their money to yeah, get into a game, too, bro. <laughs> and, and paying their money to get into a game means that they're just better than everybody on the floor, and and it's just not that way in t- not that way at all, bro. Because again, you don't work for this team. That team does not pay your bills. They don't pay your they don't pay your checks. Like that player's on like Russell Westbrook's on your fantasy team. So what? He don't even know you exist. And exactly. The, and the biggest and the biggest, th- and the biggest thing about that is, bro, at the end of the day, you had to pay your you had to pay money to get into this game to be here. Everybody on that court, they get paid to be here. That's the difference between you and them players. Like, right. so I'm really I'm really sick of these fans. Like, knowing knowing all of this, I'm sick of these fans acting like they're just better than all the players and the coaches and feeling like they could just talk to them however they're they treating want. the players like, like robots. Like, like, like they're, they're like less humans. than human, like they're less than human, like they're robots or like they're some sort of animal. Like bro, so normal people at the end of the day. Like, bro, yeah, exactly. They want to be doing these all are, this. If you see them on the street, you see them inside like a giant people. or like a grocery store, they would not be people. saying none of that. Maybe I like, these autograph. Are, like, these are people with emotions and feelings and families, and they deserve, and no matter how good or bad they play, they still deserve to be treated like people. Now, the heckling is, like, it's guaranteed, it's deserved. I'm not going to say stop calling him Westbrook. He deserves to be called Westbrook. The heckling but, is common, bro. <laughs> but, it's just, but it's just, it's just these people are sending him death threats and defending it as if, as if these threats on a person's life are just of the same level as as this as taunting, and it's not. That's serious. And that's and that's the thing. And that's the thing where I have a have an issue with how this narrative is being presented. Like Russell Westbrook is straight up asking for people to stop threatening him and his family. And somehow, some way, the general consensus is became he's mad that people call him Westbrook. And it's like there's so much more to this, bro. There's so much more to this. And that's I don't even think that's what he said. I don't even think that's what he said, bro. Well, well he did well, he did say that, you know, stop disrespecting my stop disrespecting my 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 name and this, that, and and I'm the fourth because remember, because remember. Nina Westbrook got offended, you know, at Skip Bayless when when he when he kept saying Westbrook and West Westbrook this and Westbrook that, and Nina and Nina like and Nina like went off on him, but like but like you said, it's warranted. You can't shoot. You can barely make it. You you can't even make a you can't even make a damn layup. But but again. There are times where there are times where fans go too far, and this is way too far. And like, like bringing the man's family into this, threatening them, you know, like, like the old street rule was like, you can say whatever you want, you can say whatever you want but don't come for my family or say whatever you want. Just don't talk about my mom. You can talk about me. You can talk about my girl. You can, you can talk about, you can talk about 
whatever, just don't say nothing about my mama or else I'm going to have to kill you. That, that, that's what, it, that's what it used to be. And that's kind of what it is now. Like you, there, there is a line that is there and you don't cross it. You can talk about anything. Just don't talk about my family. Don't come for my family. Don't come for, you know, don't come for my kids. Don't come, you, you, you know, don't come for my wife. None of, none of that. But it's sad, man. It's really, really sad. And this all, like, gave me the realization that we don't deserve Russell Westbrook. We really don't. We don't deserve a guy like Russell Westbrook. You're probably never going to see another player like him for a while, be, probably ever be, again. Because he's, because he's, yeah, he's declined on the court. He's not the same player that he was when he was winning MVPs. But just off the court, you can tell like he's a good family man. He's a good father. He's a good husband. He does a lot in the community. So never causes any issues. Like he's right. never leading hate on about Westbrook. He's he's, he's never, never caught up in scandals and nothing like that. He's you know? never yeah. in any off the court BS. And as people say, he's about as real as can as it as it can get. So for so for me as an NBA fan, I really, I really just say that I really I, I really I really just say we don't deserve him and if Russell Westbrook were to retire after this season to say he's not coming back to playing basketball ever again, I wouldn't be too mad because of this I would not be mad at him yeah I wouldn't but Y'all gotta be y'all y'all gotta be better, man. These 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 MFs out out here crazy. And it's like, bro, they they gonna defend it. They gonna defend it by saying, "Oh, we'll stop when he starts making jump shots." No, no, man, forget that. Like he don't have to. He shouldn't have to make jump shots to get you to stop threatening to stop attacking him and his family, bro. Have some respect. Treat him like a human, bro. They're Treat him like, like a human being. Right. Death threats like, ain't ever okay. Like you Death can, threats are I don't care how bad he's playing. Death threats are never okay. Like, bro, you can talk. Like, like you can talk shit, man. Like Russ is like Russ is like you can talk shit. I mean, Russ is sensitive, but but he understands talking shit. It's yeah, especially can, about his game and his gameplay. But you involve you said his family members. That's taking that level beyond get, basketball. It's when you get yeah. disrespectful. But we're not gonna stay on here for too long, though. So we gonna well, we're gonna move on. We're gonna stick in the NBA. Let's get a little more positive. So as the season is drawing to a close. The, the Nets, Sixers, Heat, Bulls, the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, these are all the contenders in the NBA right now. 
teams that we can see making a run to the finals right now. However, as we all know, there are teams that can get hot. There are teams that can be a bad matchup for other teams that are contenders. You can probably knock them off. Um, Doesn't have to be in each conference, but just give me a team right now that we should not sleep on going into the playoffs. Cause again, we're, we're, we're coming, we're, we're rounding third base here. Hmm, a team from each conference. I say what, don't what sleep I say? on the Hornets, Charlotte in the East, as far as the East go. Don't don't, don't sleep on the Hornets. Either I feel like they could go either way as a sleeper. They'll either be the team that might knock somebody off or at least go to seven, or they're gonna get swept there in the first round. There ain't no in between. Or they might lose in the playing tournament. No in between. They're playing, yeah. You but know what mm-hmm. the team I will say don't sleep on is the Raptors. Because mm-hmm. the Raptors are a scary group when they're confident. Like when they're confident. And I and I feel like and Toronto has the has the vibe of a team that knows or at least or at least thinks they're not supposed to be here and they just don't care. They play like a young team that don't care what you got to say about them. And that's what and that's what makes them dangerous. And P- uh, Pascal Siakam, he's still a dog. You know he's still a bucket himself. So yeah, and Scotty Barnes that, that I don't care about. about yeah, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. Well, yeah, Scotty Barnes. Yup, and bro, that that Raptors and Cleveland game was actually lit. I believe was it last night? That was a good matchup. Uh, um, what we call it? We saw like basically like the future of the NBA is like what's like how it's gonna be years to come. Just all the upcoming talent. And the Raptors thing is, it's like the yeah, it's still not like a bad. They're really not a bad team either. They just been kind of like you know they're still above five hundred. They just been quiet because. It's not really talk about when it comes much to like when it comes to Toronto, but they can still like like you said play spoiler for a team, like for sure over in the East. I can see that too. Yeah, the Raptors currently sit at number seven, seven in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, they're not too far out, and it's um, so tight over in the East too. Um, for me, I actually have two. Um, this team has been on a surge. These you know since the All Star break. Um, on the Eastern Conference side, do not sweep on Boston. Boston's the hottest team in, in um the NBA right now, and Jason Tatum is going to make y'all talk about him being one of the best, not one of the best young players, but the best young player. Y'all forget about Jason Tatum. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say Boston because I don't think people really been it's sleeping because on Boston because they know how good Jason him as a young player anymore. Like, yeah, and like, like we all know, how like good. he's coming into his prime. Yes. Like that's the that's yeah, where Jason Tatum is not a sleeper. Yeah, like it's to the point uh, we seeing Tatum in the bag. Look, look, yeah, look, that's look. why I said not Boston because yeah, it's not people pay attention to Boston. But, but like, as of now, I no as of now because they've gotten hot. Oh, I see what you're saying. As of yeah. now, because they've gotten hot and they've won a few games, and Jason Tatum is playing on top of his head. But I think like a Boston, fifty point game the other night. I yeah. think Boston is a team where they're well coached. They have they they have they have guys, and they can. 
I'm not saying that that they'll make a finals run because they're not that good. They're definitely not beating Philly, but they're the type of team that I don't think Philly would want to see in the first or second round. I don't think Philly would want to see them at all. That's why I want to get that one seed. Not saying saying that – again, not saying that Philly's going to lose – but they're going to give them a good scare. And that's the thing about it. In the Western Conference, if you think I'm going to say the Lakers, I'm definitely not. Although if we do make the playoffs, we, we, might, we, we, we might give somebody a scare, but I'm not picking them. Um, my sweeper in the West is the Clippers. I think the I think if the Clippers, like, if the Clippers can say they get out and they make like the seven seed, the the Clippers will sit here and take a Phoenix or a Golden State to six, seven games. And then at the same time, they might even beat you because come postseason, Paul George is coming back. They get Kawhi back. And who 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 knows if Kawhi gonna come back? Also, look out for Denver because Nikola Jokic. It, if if he's been playing MVP if, basketball if, for real. If Den if Denver was a top three seed in the West, Nikola Jokic is is Nikola Jokic is winning back to back MVPs. But they're not, and Philly is a top is a top seed in, in um the East. That's what makes them be like the better uh, favorite. Player yeah, yeah. So, so that's so that's what that is. All right, moving on again. So we're going to stick with the playoffs. And don't stick on Luca either. The, I, and, also in the West, don't stick on the Mavericks. Luca, he's been balling out this season. Like, like yeah, I say don't sleep on the Mavericks either, but. You know, Luca, he's yeah, just that, like having one the, of those great seasons. Himself. The addition of Dinwiddie and Bertans has helped them out immensely. Sure, yeah. Has helped them out immensely. Um, but moving on from that, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Uh-huh. So, so they're currently sitting number in, eight. Yeah, they're currently sitting in the eight spot. And of course, ESPN would refresh. They're sitting at the eight spot at exactly 500 at 33 and 33. Five and a half, five and a half games out of that. Um, Such a beautiful record. <laughs> out of that, out of that six spot. Um, So right now the top four in the Eastern Conference is Miami one, Philly two, Mo- Milwaukee three, Chicago. I need four. Phoenix to win tonight, honestly. In uh in in Chicago four. So everyone's banking on Ben Simmons to come back soon. For no guarantee for Kyrie Irving. <coughs> excuse me. To eventually be able to play home games whenever they decide they want to lift that mandate. Mm-hmm. 
which they really should because it's not like people care about COVID anymore. It's just, um, just no bullshit. So until it, the next it, variant it, comes it, out. And can't can can Kyrie play like in the garden, like technically, like too, when he travels to the Knicks game? No, no. Oh, he, he can't. Okay, he, got you. Got he, you. He, he can't he play, still can play in New York. But the thing about it is, the the thing about it is like if a unvaccinated player for, like when like when I don't know if Brad Brad probably got his got his vaccine now, but mm-hmm. during the preseason when he was unvaxxed. He was able to play in the uh, Nick game at uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that doesn't add up. Yeah. So, so the visiting, so the visiting players can play if they're unvaccinated, but the home players can't, and that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that's weird. But, <laughs> but um, will the Nets ever get to full strength? Do we? Do we? Do we ever see that happening? Can they at this point, man? At this point, who no. Knows, man. Who knows, bro, with the Nets? Because like, bro, like, they keep, like they keep saying, because you keep hearing from from everywhere you look, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. The Nets are gonna get to full strength, and when they do, they're dangerous. And it's like, just shut up and show me, man. <laughs> We're talking bro, about bro. it. It's like honestly, like, either show don't me know. a fully healthy Nets team, or just shut the hell up, please. It's like you said with Kyrie Irving and the mandates. That's not a guarantee. Ben Simmons, you know, and but how you feeling mentally? And the whole thing with the Kyrie that's not Irving a guarantee. thing is, bro, that's like, sad from bro. the NBA standpoint because Kyrie Irving is about to single handedly take on a whole league and win. And he don't care, bro. Hey, it's, like, like, bro. it's been working. It's been bro, working too. It, that's like, crazy. If we get to the first Nets home game of the playoffs and Kyrie Irving is starting. He won. He beat the NBA. He beat and the, the NBA, NBA. Damn near wasted he their time. He beat New York City. Shit. He beat Brooklyn. He beat the state of New York. He beat all of them. So, so it's a lot of people that's about to go outside of Kyrie starts. Yeah, honestly, and like I said, with Ben Simmons, like, like, is he ever going to be? You know, like this. We don't know if we're going to see Ben Simmons at all this season. He may not be ready to play so next year, honestly. And Kevin Durant is finally back from his uh. His injury and but like you said, we're only seeing like KD and Kyrie and we're still and Kyrie still can't uh play all the home games. So it's like it's just too many question marks upon all three players' heads. It's like, bro, Nicholas Backstrom the just together, scored the absolute <laughs> luckiest goal, bro. Darren, did you see that? Uh I, I think I'm a bit behind you. I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, man. It's just let, crazy, let me know bro. when you see it. Let me know when you see it, man. Hey, bro, this Sunday, he's game is lit. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> this shit is lit. This could be like a low-key a finals. Uh, what? A pre-finals matchup. I ain't going to lie. Yup. Yup, that's how it happened. Jesus. All I got to say, Tyler, here, Oilers he's getting six minutes a year. Oilers going to Oiler. But, um... But, yeah, the Nets, who knows, man? It's just too many question marks among all three players. Here. Ben Simmons, KD, Kyrie, two big egos all together, and it's just... Man, who knows, bro? Well, it's the, just like the, too little to play. I don't the know. problem for me isn't necessary. I, I, I think, I think Katie is that good to where Ben will come back and his and his transition will go smooth because Katie is just that good. The problem, the main problem that I have is with Ky- is with Kyrie Irving. 
and if Kyrie can play and if Kyrie can play full time, that's the issue. That part time thing is the biggest but, issue out of all of it. Yeah, but, the part time and shit is so weird. But I truly think if if they do, and I think, and I think that they'll cave eventually. Eventually, I think that the Nets are at full when at full strength are the most dangerous team in the Eastern in the uh, not even in the in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. I think I really think that they are, but. We will see. the The dreaded March tenth is tomorrow, so Ben Simmons won't won't be playing in that unless he pulls a Houdini. But um, like shit. Honestly, this whole Nets thing kind of reminds me of like the show. My better coach ball, but this whole Nets ordeal, like experiment, it kind of reminds me of like the show Money Heist a little bit, where it just takes all this time to have the master plan, but are you finally going to put it to use? And we do put it to use. Is it going to work? Well, that's how it is with the Nets. Because well, literally, the, that well, sounds like the perfect money... situation. Of like my bad, but you know, it sounds like the perfect situation with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD. All three, you know, big three right there. But it's like, okay, can you execute the plan now? You know, yeah. Well, well you see, with money, well, with money heist, it doesn't always go exactly to plan. Yeah, it always mm-hmm. works out at the at the very end. At the end, right? Like shit. But um, yeah. but. Our last topic, ooh, right on time too, right? Almost at the two-hour mark. Awesome, guys. We did it. Um, so yesterday was International Women's Day, and this is Women's Month. So what I want you guys to do, and I will do it myself, is to just shout out the women in your lives. You know, just... Just give them a little, just give them, just give them their flowers. Oh, of course. Um, well, my mother, she's the first woman for sure. I shout out because shout out my mom, Spanish. yeah, she's just been like, she's, you know, been putting up with me, you know, just all my life. And even now, you know, I have my issues, but the fact that like, you know, she still just accepts me, accepts me like under her roof and everything. And she's just willing to like to help me out no matter what I go through. It's like, probably with some other mothers don't even want to like even put up with I just give her like all that respect and I don't take that for granted it's I like you know tell her I love her literally every single day always send her a text to remind her how I appreciate her just for the little things for sure and she really is like has been holding it down and even with some of the like stuff that she's been having to put up with like on her side of the family like taking care of my grandmother when she was around and I've just been trying to you know do everything I can to make it easier for her and to make sure I'm there for her. So my mother, for sure, like, just, like, really her, like, shout out to her, and all three of my sisters as well, throughout doing their thing, they're all, like, um, you know, three, actually living in three different states. Well, my oldest sister still lives in Maryland, but my other, second oldest sister is up in Massachusetts and Boston, and uh, my other, uh, and my youngest sister is down in Florida. You know, they're all working and just, like, out doing their thing. So, like, shout out to them, and I hope they just, like, stay you know, strong with everything going on. And I'm happy they're able to, like, just move out and just out, no, move on, like, to a different state and, like, do their thing for sure. So, like, um, shout out to them, uh, like, for a fact. Yeah. Just like yeah, my, def- like, media yeah. family. I definitely, I definitely want to say like, what you said about, um, about your moms. For those that don't know, me and Mark have, we go all the way back to, like, fifth grade. Long time. Scouts. 
and our moms have been friends like ever since and his mom literally like she treats me as if i'm as if i'm her as if i'm her son always bro you're always welcome too man yeah and yeah and she's you know and she's helped me out you know when i when i've needed even though like you know like she she's she's like she's been there for for um us as 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 well so huge shout out to um to um to um your moms yeah appreciate it man mm-hmm. i want to give a shout out to my moms and my little sister she out in salisbury doing her things like she's with the student chapter NAACP and i'm just proud of who she's become man and I'm proud of my mom for raising me. I love my mom for raising me. And she's part of the reason why I'm who I am today. So shout outs to them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want to give shout out to um, my mother as, you know, as well. Um, like, you know, like, you know, like I said, I, like I said about y'all moms, I would not be here if it, you know, it wouldn't be the person I am if it wasn't for her. Um, also, like, my mom is probably the most generous person that I know. She's all, you know, and she gets that from from um, her mom, always looking to help people. And, you know, like, with all of my friends and she would like my friends and girlfriends that I've that I've had. She's always taken everyone in as if they were her own. She'll cook you. She like like she's like my mom is the type of mom that you that she'll that like I will like I'll invite my friends from you know from uh, the neighborhood and and she'll cook us all breakfast and or she'll cook us all dinner and you know just. It could, you know, it can be like the little, you know, the little hangout spot. Um, so shout out to my to my mom, shout out to my sister, whose birthday was yesterday. She's 36. Um, shout out to um her. She's gonna be coming up here uh next next week. She's down in she's down in Richmond. Um, also a big rest in peace to my grandmother, Carolyn. She just passed away in November, like literally right before Thanksgiving. So, and, and, and she's, and she's, and she's another one that helped kind of just shape who I, you know, who I, you know, who I am. So a big shout out to them and Happy belated International Women's Day. We love and appreciate the women in our lives, the women that listen to this podcast, the women, just the women in the world that just doing, that just doing the damn thing. You know, setting, you know, setting the example for, for the uh, next generation of of uh, little girls to, uh, to uh, come up. And. It is not a lie when they say that the future is female. Um, so with that being said, that is it for today. Y'all, we made it under two hours. That's right, we did. I was I was I was banking on that. Um, special shout out to Sanfa 
just again, bro, just want to just give you your flowers, brother. Take the man just needed a break. He does. He does. He does so much for so many people that he, you know, he just needs to recalibrate, recharge, man. And and just want to let you know that we appreciate you. Shout out to our first time listeners. Hopefully you're not the last time listeners, but if you are, shout out to y'all too. Shout out to the people who have been with us since day one. You know, and if you love us, be a friend, tell a friend. If you don't, fuck off. You know, any last words from the guys? Well, one last question for Sanford, and you got a next, and Darren, you got a next jersey on, so you already know the answer. Is Trey Young valid? No. <laughs> oh. Oh. And oh. <laughs> Hell nah. But that is the show. Shout out to the gang. Shout out Fiji boys. We love y'all. We out. Peace.